Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. What's going on, everybody? Welcome hey, to hey, episode hey. 10 of Another Woodshop Podcast. We did uh, it. Episode X we for those uh, iPhone users out there. <laughs> uh, Dan, What's going fellas? on, gentlemen? Hi, how's how it are going? You, nice to talk to you. <laughs> Again, yes. Should we, great. We, should we reveal the should, curtain should we, to what happened? Should we tell them? Yeah. Should we tell yeah, them? Yeah. yeah. We've right, already recorded this part. <laughs> this is our second time doing it. Take about two. 12, we've got about 12 minutes in before Dan realized. No, we didn't need up. to say whose fault it was. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> it's fine. Because Dan, Pete, Peter, you ever screws up, I'm calling you out. <laughs> Dan had his input set to Yeti Tumblr, not Yeti microphone. So. <laughs> <laughs> So it was recording his coffee instead of his voice. It was really <laughs> dumb. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's well, fun. It's okay. That, we we uh, only Dan, can you take another sip like we did last? You were taking a sip. I called on you, and then you almost spit it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's let's all yeah let's redo everything. <laughs> so what's going on with you this week, Dan? <laughs> Let me tell you first of all. <laughs> <laughs> this feels so weird. Uh, as you know. I've because heard. you follow me by now, right? <laughs> Everyone, no one else finds this funny but us. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like, I'm trying to redo all this because I landed some zingers and I was really proud of those jokes. <laughs> you, <did. laughs> you got too cocky. Right. You flow too close. I know, too right? close to the sun. All right, here we go. <laughs> As you know, because you follow me. Da da da. Um, <laughs> I'm working on that bed. It's actually done. Yeah. Today is Looks delivery up. day. Sweet. You sound like you're reading and a script. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Today's delivery day for the bed. So the bed is done. That's got to I'm going to get that out of my shop. I'm working on some floating nightstands out of the same material. It's going to a different home. Right. So it's not going to go with that bed, but I it just happens to be the that. same material. <laughs> <laughs> and yesterday I whipped out some uh, doorway Corbels or corbels? I don't know how to say the I word. I think it's corbels. Corbel? I finally know what those are. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So I whipped those out real fast, and uh, that gentleman picked them up earlier this morning. So Sweet. That's what I'm working on. What about you, Michael? Well, Daniel, it's funny you ask, because I'd love to tell you. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> I finished my nightstand this week. I finished it Friday. Um, it was... It was fun building that thing. I really did enjoy it. It was cool first experience for me. I've never built a nightstand, so um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Came together good. I went to go take it into the house. Originally, it was going to be for our guest room, and then it was going to go to my son. And then I was kind of worried about because it has the the bevels in. I was worried about him falling and hitting his head on that and cracking his head open. So um, we're like, oh, we'll just do it in the guest room. But as I was taking it into the house to go take it up to the guest room. I set it down in the living room. I was like, oh, man. It, like a year ago or so, I made these – those you know those hexagon shelves everyone makes? Yep. I made a, I put a, I made like six of them on a wall and put them in like a honeycomb pattern. And that I was made of alder as well. I think following you when you Yeah, I think those. that's right when you started following me. I remember. I'll never forget that day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a dear diary moment for sure. <laughs> that's when you had 200-some followers. 
not even that much. I'm sure that was like back. Yeah, which in was what June. two months ago. <laughs> um, I'm OG. I'm an OG, OG. Mike we, Coffee we follower. Um, but those were made of alder as well. And with it sitting there, I was like, oh man, this looks really good underneath these shelves. So it it ended up be uh, being in our living room now, and it's a it's an end table now. So um, looks really good. Really happy to be done with that. The spalted elm looks really cool. It's a cool piece. I'm really happy with it. And it's next to my chair, which is nice. So I get to use it when we're hanging out in the living room now. So that's cool. Um, But that's done. And Friday, my friend came over and he's never made a mallet and he needed a mallet. So we made him a couple mallets. We made him a big mallet for knocking together joinery. And then we made him a tiny mallet for hand cutting stuff for dados and dovetails and stuff. He He doesn't have any joinery mallets. So we did that, and then I wanted one, so I made a mini mallet. That was super fun little build. Knocked that out in about ninety minutes. Oh, I, when we when I told this story a few minutes ago, I meant to say um, <laughs> I meant to say I used um for the <laughs> Dan. That's inappropriate. If this is a video podcast, we couldn't share this. <laughs> um, I didn't say it last time a, few, a couple minutes ago when I was telling the story, but uh, the <laughs> the tight bond speed set. That stuff's awesome. Like, it's, like, quick and thick, but thin. It's, like, quick and thin. I was able to make that mallet from start to finish in, like, 90 minutes, and that's with screwing around on messaging people on Instagram, too. It was quick, man. I couldn't believe how fast that stuff came together. It was really good, but um, not sponsored or anything like that. I just wanted to say I really like that product. It's really good for small builds. It's really great. I think for a big build, it'd be hyper stressful, but uh, for for small builds, it's perfect. Um, But I've got – I picked up this baked red oak yesterday. Which is awesome. I don't know if you saw my stories. You probably didn't. I know you guys don't follow me. But the uh, if you if you I cut a little piece off because I had people asking me, is it baked all the way through? Which I knew it was, but I wanted to cut it to show people. So I cut a piece off about a, an eighth of an inch thick, and I can hold it up to the light, and you can actually see light coming through the grain. It's amazing how like that's how much it's baked out and, and thin. It's pretty crazy. So that's crazy. It's really cool. It looks so chocolatey, <laughs> and it does. So yeah, it, like I was saying before. A few minutes ago, um, <laughs> it's poking the bear. Um, uh, they call it a North American Wenge. It's like super, super dark. It looks really pretty. And I don't really like red oak myself. I know there's people that do. It just kind of looks like an older, um, it looks dated. And it's just, I just don't like the, I just don't like red oak, but it does have really nice grain patterning to it. So when it's darkened like this, it looks really good. So I really like the stuff. So that's going to be an over the toilet shelf deal that I designed. And then I picked up all the white oak for our nightstands, which was the reason I built the other nightstand because um, these nightstands won't be going in our living room though, because that's ridiculous. They'll be going in the bedroom <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm going to be replacing all the furniture in our bedroom with the nightstand or with the uh, white oak furniture. So, and then I've got a couple cornhole board orders that I got to get to. So I got a pretty busy week, but uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's super rainy here today and tomorrow and I get a whole day in the shop after we're done recording. So it's going to be nice. Insert a- don't blow out your cornhole joke. Here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I blew out my joke killed the first time around. uh, That joke was so good. It was good, dude. It was so good. It's good now hearing Uh, it the first time. Everyone's probably loving it. (laughs) We didn't even even get to do our faux hickory beam joke. Oh, man. There was so much good material lost. (laughs) Dan, I heard you had some people ask you about faux hickory beams and what that means. Was it faux hickory? (laughs) Huh? Huh? It was real hickory. (laughs) Shoe horn it. (laughs) So unnatural. And then I said, it looks like it's those paint rollers that... (laughs) 
Fake, fake the, the, the This is so dumb. <laughs> we have to cut all this out. This oh, is awful. Man, this is terrible. Oh. Write it down. We need to edit um, uh, Well, anyway, back to our podcast. Um, Pete, what's uh, what's on your workbench? <laughs> um, this whole week, I have been organizing the crap out of my shop. Uh, so... I did the CNC last week or two weeks ago. Nice. Uh, I finally finished up my my table saw, saw blade, and accessory storage. And uh, then I oh I finished up a a drill press four center bit and other bit an accessory cabinet thing. Nice. It's like those router shelf things. Mike, I think you have one of those yeah. too. It, for your router mine's bit. garbage, um, though. Oh, no, the, the router bit one is nice, but yeah, router my Forstner bit, yeah. bit... Sorry, I'm talking, sorry I'm talking about that. My Forstner bit That's one fine. is trash. I need to make a nice Once one. Once you get the new drill press, you'll probably put oh, fancier. I'm going to be making a nice bit holder for that and a nice table for that. And I think I'm actually going to make put it on a cart that I can move around my shop. So, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. And this was... It, it was actually really fun to do because I designed the whole thing uh, in Aspire, which is a CNC software. Threw it on a CNC, uh, carved it out of some pine that I doubled up mm-hmm. to be a little thicker. And so I carved it out, made a little quick cabinet, threw a little bit of uh, walnut on there because yeah. just, I had to just I had piss to, people off. Unnecessary walnut. And <laughs> I, yeah, I got a, you have no idea how many comments I got about walnut and pine touching. <laughs> they were very upset. <laughs> Wait a minute, is that illegal? Is is it? It, I, I don't know. The cops haven't Sounds broken racist down the to me. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's cool because it's it's actually walnut veneer that I made myself. That's awesome. Uh, out of resaw and walnut, uh, like some couple of walnut slabs I had, resaw them and uh, glued them down to a substrate. And it's really nice. I was actually very pleasantly surprised. It was my first time playing around with veneer um, and, you know, my own veneer, not even like store-bought, I guess, veneer. Right. I don't know. Where does veneer, does it grow in trees? Yeah, does it, it does actually grow yeah. in trees. You just have to do a little work to get to it. <laughs> it comes from a paper mill. <laughs> yeah so that's cool because i so basically the way i designed it is it has the, the holder for the bit in the center and then around it is the size of the forcing bit so we've seen people do the ones where they literally drill out the hole i just had the cnc do all the work for me because why not why not um Smart. and then I, went, I was i went through all of my screws in the shop and there's oh, we all have these jars of just like loose screws and i just started dumping them into a bucket and threw them out in the trash i felt so good then the next day, I come into my shop and the bucket is just chilling in the cabinet. <laughs> Apparently, my pops came into my shop and saw that. and was like, oh, these can't be thrown out. This was a mistake. Puts it right back. I, I was like, no, this, stop hoarding crap. So I got so upset. And I left it in the cabinet for like two days. So he didn't notice. And I threw it out again. <laughs> Take it out into the trash can the night <laughs> yeah. before trash day. You show him. Sneak it no out. Um, and aside from that, I've just been... Um, I'm trying to do some cutting boards again because not doing any craft shows this year like I was planning to, which that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I purposely made like double the amount of cutting boards I usually make. Um, oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to do a craft show this year. This is going to be the year. I'm so excited. <laughs> Let me just stockpile them. So I have this big rack of like probably 30 cutting boards that are in like basically almost finished, like 75% of the way there. And what? no craft show to bring him to. Why don't you knock him out <clears throat> early so I know so you don't have to deal with the holiday rush, dude? Just have him yeah, sit. Well, well, that's Christmas what I'm going to do, baby. anyways. Yeah, this is all going to be for Christmas. I'm just selling them now. I do want to stock up my Etsy a little more. So awesome. Um, definitely, uh, you know, I'm still to get them uh, get them done. And there's some nice ones in there. I'm, I'm just excited to like see them with oil on. Because there's a, a bunch of purple heart. 
It's a really, really nice walnut I picked up that I uh, used on those. So, nice. much excite. And uh, lastly, I've just been uh, busy uh, putting a lot of hours into Fusion and 3D printing. Because I finally launched my two new little products. My uh, gripper holder and uh, the mini square that I use for like setting my blade on a miter saw. Super awesome. That gripper holder, Mike, I sent you two. You like them? Yeah, no, I love them. I think they're great. The little mini square is cool. I like how it fits in the other square. But that gripper, the gripper gripper, is that what it's officially called now? The gripper. Yeah, we're calling it a gripper gripper. (laughs) The gripper gripper is super. It's money, dude. I love that thing. I put it up next to my table saw. And now I don't have to walk almost four feet to use it, which is nice. (laughs) Yes, which is purely why I designed it. I pumped multiple hours, prototypes. This This is not a joke. Multiple hours, multiple prototypes crowdsourcing it with people like sending free ones out for as testing. many as three hour just so i don't have to walk four <laughs> feet over to my fridge and reach up to the top of my fridge because I, no joke i would just not use it i would just be like oh, i'm just gonna use my hands or whatever and like the thing was right there i was just so lazy but now it just i grab it it's within reach i grab it use it and i put it right back i'm trying to train myself to like four feet put is just out of line i really <laughs> like things having a home a lot like i really like things having a home i use mine all the time this isn't going to increase my usage of it it's just for me it's really satisfying to have a place where it belongs i had a i built like a cabinet a couple months back for underneath one of the wings of my table saw and all my miter accessories were stored or all my uh, table saw accessories were stored in there so it was really close to where i work with it anyway it's actually kind of farther away from where it was before but i'm still going to use it just as much it's just really nice having a spot for it so um, yeah. I think it looks great. You did a great One of the best things I've made recently is that table saw caddy. So I keep my yep. squares in there, my yeah. push stick, pencils, marking gauges, and it's great. <clears throat> when things right have a place, things are just so much more efficient. Yeah, everything needs a home for me. I love it. It's great. I mean, I don't want to like sidetrack us from our topics and stories, but I mean, I I know the answer for Pete. You said your jars of screws and extra hardware. I mean, I don't keep any of that stuff. I mean, what do you, you throw it out? I mean, I just don't. I don't want to store it because it's like a penny at the hardware store, and it just right. takes up space. And eventually, you know, uh, I'll name drop Shane with Mountainside Workshop. He has like, he has like a tiny Ace Hardware or True Value in his <laughs> shop. Like he has a ton of stuff in his. Um, that to, I don't like that, but. You know, I feel like, Pete, you probably have a ton of extra hardware, right? So, weird thing is, when we moved into this house, I walk into the garage, and the owner, the, the husband had passed away a couple of years before that. Yeah. The, the wife had, I guess she'd moved into, like, a, a old folks' house. But I walk in here, there's a an old, like, 1950s drill press in the corner. Uh, there was, like, a lumber stacked, like, a couple boards stacked in the corner. Mm-hmm. And there was all these, like handmade wooden drawers filled with screws and most of them didn't match so like i it's basically stuff i inherited by buying this house right they just like left it behind uh the drill press and the wood went away but like they just left all the screws and all the hardware so i was like all right that's fine whatever but like i i like i'm I'm like you i like just having the hardware that i need um i don't now all i have is like three little bins of just miscellaneous screws and nails they're literally tiny they're like little like maybe four by six inch little cubbies Mm -hmm. and you know one's got wood screws one's got metal screws one's got nails and and i I, even smaller one for like mini screws for like one-offs for little projects 
Uh, and that's it. That's all I kept. Everything else, I've sl slowly started cleaning out, but I still haven't gone through all this loose hardware. I like having like a new box of the same one that I know what the standard is, and I know how far I have to drill. I already have my, you know, my depth stop probably set up on on the drill that I'm going to use for it. Um, I like going with a particular size and using that all the time. It's just easier. Oh, what about you, Dan? I have a little storage container for all my screws and everything <clears throat> that I bought at Menards. Menard. Not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> for some reason. Um, for some reason. <laughs> not yet. However, I'm so bad. Like, if I'm working on a project and a, a screw, like, falls off my bench and onto the ground, I won't even take the time to pick it up. I'm like, well, that's gone forever. <laughs> I, I just I sweep it up. When when I start cleaning up the shop, I'll it's sweep them up and throw them away. I'm like, yeah. I ain't got time to bend down and pick up a screw. <laughs> it's not worth money. my time. <laughs> then you just find it with a dust collector later. Ding, boom, bing. Dust collector. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, when it, a screw hits an impeller, it's oh, it's such a lovely sound. Yeah, it's really frightening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I have like a couple of. They're like it's those divider totes, you know the that have you can put little mm -hmm. hardware pieces. I have a couple of those from I don't know where I got them, Harbor Freight or Amazon or something like that. But <clears throat> that's about it. I keep a few sizes of things that I definitely use in there. But that's all I store. I have like four inch carriage bolts. I I buy those in bulk because whenever I do cornhole boards, it seems like ten of them sell, not one of them sell. So I always have the carriage bolts I use for the for the corn cornhole boards, but that's pretty much all the hardware I keep besides um, inch and a quarter screws and two inch screws. I always keep those in the shop. Those are just end up being the screws I use the most for some reason. So but that's it. I usually just run down to the, I, there's an ACE hardware like two minutes from my house and they have same oh, nice. two aisles of everything that I could ever need in every color and every sh head yeah. shape. And it's just, and so like nice. you said, you can buy them like one at a time. Right. And they're like, 10 cents. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's so worth not having to store it in my shop because... I don't have an Ace hardware around me. I've never been, but I, I hear Ace is a place with the help, helpful hardware folks, right? That's helpful hardware. I think we need to re-record this one. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hear good things. We time. don't have one close enough. <laughs> There's actually the, an Ace uh, closer to me than store. Menards is, even though I go to Menards like Ace doesn't have every a whole day. lot of stuff, though. No, yeah, they but, don't have a lot they, of stuff, but I mean, when I need something fast and quick, it's... Better to yeah. go to Ace, so sometimes then, I go there. But Dan, have you ever seen Cheers growing up? Like you, your Menards is like that. Like you, yeah, walk I in, walk they in, go, they're Dan! like, Dan! <laughs> "Oh, man, we've been over this." <laughs> oh, Dan, what'd you forget? <laughs> if this joke's gonna work, you're gonna need to know my name for real. Stop calling me Norm. <laughs> no, um, for Ace, like I, they actually keep, um, like like rattle can lacquer. They have a good selection of rattle can lacquers. Def yes. Ace Hardware has their own house brand that I like. All the screws. What else do I get from there? Like tape, you know, like painter's tape. Oh, and my little air scrubber, it uses a like 20 by 20 air filter for HVAC. I get those there because they're like $2 and they're really high. They're really high. What's the rating? Merv? Merv rating? Is that what it is <laughs> sure. for, for HVAC? A Merv? Anyway, it's a high. They keep them there for, they have a high rating and it's cheap. So I my use those ace, for. My yeah. ace carries the uh, Minwax rattle can lacquer, which I really like oh. because I like the tip better. Yeah, I, mine actually has that too. Is it better? Uh, the tip is way better. It's okay, in a, a better pattern. Right. I'm, I'm particular about that. I don't mind the Watco lacquer, which they carry at Menards, but I like the Minwax can better. I'll try that. Yeah. The um, what I do like is that they aren't a giant conglomeration. 
it's fr- they're all franchises. So I f- yeah. they're local people. Like the 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 family that owns the Safe's Hardware is they're local. You know, it's nice kind of putting money locally. So I try to go there when I can, but they just don't have a lot of stuff. Like when I was doing the electrical for my shop. They had some of the stuff, but it was like six times more expensive than the orange store. So it's kind of hard to justify, but you know, put your money where your mouth is, I guess. Um, so should we move on to our topic? Well, I think we should. This is clearly boring about his hardware. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, we're going to, for this topic, we're going to talk about it's really a question, but it's going to be, I think it's going to go for a, well, this might actually go quick. You don't know. We'll see, but it's, and we got plenty of questions. Get it out though. already. Yeah. <laughs> And Are the question is that I'm going to say right now for our topic about the show. <laughs> Pete's like, spit it out. No, it's if tune you... Tune in next time. <laughs> yeah, tune in next time. No, it, it's if you Take could three. start... If you could start over, would you do anything differently, Pete? Yeah, I'd start this podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be done. That can be. That sounds horrible. <laughs> we're, we're, I don't know how far we're in. I can't read those tiny numbers. <laughs> Um, if I could start over, would I do things differently? Um, I, no, not, not much. I'm so, like, I, I, like, I like the way I, I wasn't in a place financially at the start of it, uh, where I could have gone just all out and gotten the tools and everything like that. You know, it just wasn't something that was on my radar. This was a very much a hobby that just evolved out of control. Um, and the evolution that I've had picking up usually very beat up or old or whatever tools and learning on older tools or stuff that I have to tune myself or figure out myself, it really gave me a nice foundation for like everything that I do now. Like with, if a tool of mine breaks, I'm taking that sucker apart. Like I'm fixing it. And I've, I've fixed all but that stupid rigid spindle sander. <laughs> so, like, there goes the that sponsorship. Down. There goes that sponsorship. <laughs> but that was actually the the windings on the motor were completely shot. You know, aside from that, like I, what I've, yes, it was more of a pain in the butt to kind of upgrade stuff and constantly, constantly redo the flow of my shop, which is just a pain in the butt. Um, but I think it gave me a good foundation, just like slowly building up to what I have now. Now, if money wasn't a problem, yeah, I'd probably invest in some better tools right out of the gate because of the difference they make um i cannot say enough good things about like a proper solid like immovable structure in the shop like a good workbench or a table saw that will not budge um i i love my old rigid table saw but it just the whole thing shook and like first thing i would have invested in was just like a cast iron full standing cabinet saw you know, something that weighs 500 pounds and is immovable and you can throw a giant board on it and it's not going to wiggle, you know. Um, yeah, and then, you know, a nice joiner, definitely right out of the gate, good dust collection. Uh, and aside from that, everything else, I think those are good small upgrades. Uh, but I would have, if I could change one thing, I would would have thrown out all of that loose hardware. <laughs> Day one, <laughs> would have thrown it out and started fresh because now it's built up to a point where it's like, oh, this seems like waste, but I should throw it out. <laughs> What uh? What uh, about you, Dan? What about you, Dan? Drink um, some soda. I I wouldn't change much, like you said. I I I'm I'm good with my evolution, but uh, if I if I were to change anything, it would be the way I invested in cordless tools. 
Um, mm. I think it would have been smarter to invest in a good platform right off the bat. Because when I bought my first cordless tools, they were just these Black & Decker things, which were fine. But I ended up burning up my drill and just like having to reinvest in a whole new system that takes different batteries. It's been kind of uh, an investment. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have known what I know now about cordless tools. But other than that, I can't think of – well, I guess maybe I would have uh, – Tried a different dust collection system. <laughs> I guess we'll go back to that. You mean a dust collection system at all? <laughs> I have, yeah, a, I have a dust collection system. system. Just joking, it's joking. just not a dust collector, quote unquote. Right. It's a shop vac that I've it, – it works. It's just loud and obnoxious. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way things have turned out. You know, and I'm, I'm constantly evolving anyway. So mm-hmm. what about, what about you, Mike? You, Mike? Um – I agree with Dan. That was a really solid point, actually. I was kind of thinking, ah, not a whole lot I would change. But yeah, yeah, a different I don't I won't go into the brand because everything's like so personal preference, but um the the cordless platform I have is um is fine and it works fine. But there's another brand I would have rather had, and I wish I would have known that earlier on. Uh having that knowledge now. Also, um I wish I hadn't built my first shop space out with – well, it doesn't matter now because I've built a new shop space. So, I mean, I, I wish I hadn't built it out with such cheap material, um, but it makes sense when you're first starting out to start out as cheap as you can. So, I don't really regret that. So, I actually take that back. One thing I do regret now is I wish I would have gotten – I would have pushed myself to get into furniture building earlier. I took too long on that and I wish I would have started earlier than I did. So, um, but you can't really, I mean, I guess the question is if you go back and change something, would you? So yeah, I would, I would, I would have jumped into furniture stuff sooner because that's been, since I started doing woodworking has been my dream and, um, I'm just now getting into it. So that's really my only, I guess, you know, no one can see my air quotes, but regret. (laughs) I mean, it's like my only thing that I wish I had started doing earlier. But the timing all kind of works out how it works out, like you guys were both saying. I mean, there's just – you're constantly optimizing, constantly evolving. Your style changes. What you can and can't and won't do changes. So I don't really like to have regrets about things. Um, I don't think it's productive. Um, yeah. And you kind of did get to start over a little bit with your new shop, which is great. Yeah. So that's why I don't regret it. Like I don't regret it. I'm like It's like a new <laughs> start and um, it really has been. Like I, I wanted 2020 to do – to be big things for – coffee custom builds and it's just a slow process everything's a slow process you can't rush things every i mean i think everyone wants to do things faster than they can actually do them um not just like in actuality making them happen faster like you just sometimes life is just it gets in the way you can't do these things as fast as you'd like um and then sometimes you know you just don't get the sales you need to build up a business or if it's a hobby you don't have the time there's life responsibilities are just all these things you just can't regret it you just have to make the best of it it's just it's just a negative exercise you don't need to really regret it but yeah there's not a whole lot of change so well i'm a a little tired of listening to your voices do we have any other voices some other people (laughs) with something interesting to say that we can listen to yeah i think uh we can make that happen we do have questions that was a really great 
transition, Pete. That was um, a really endearing thing to you, of you oh, to say. It's it a very endearing. Oh! <laughs> Our first question is brought to you by Andy Deering um, of, what is it? Oh, crap. I forgot his. STL. STL Deering Design, I think. Deering Design. Yeah. And I apologize, Andy, if that's not right. <clears throat> but he's going to go, he's going to ask about, um, about saw blades. But also, Brandon over at Humu Humu Woodworking wrote in a similar question. So it's thank you Humu to those guys. I'm who thirty seven percent certain it's Humu Humu. I thought so, it was Humma Humma. Humma Humma. Is it Humma Humma? That's the H. Oh, silent. It's Umu Umu. It's Humma Humma. I bet you're right. It's Humma Humma. Brandon, please humma correct humma. us yeah. with a voice message. Please um, call in and yell at us, please. I met him at WorkbenchCon, and he is super nice guy, and he's really talented. Um, but anyway, I'm going to play both these questions. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to play this one question, but thank you so much to them for writing in and calling in. Hey guys, this is Andy Deering from STL Deering Designs. I have a question for you. So I'm recently debating about getting a new table saw blade and was wondering if I should go with a general purpose or a rip cut blade. So what blades do you guys have in your table saws and why? Thanks for all you're doing, and I really do like the podcast, and uh, keep up the great work. Pete? I love a good combination blade. Hmm. So, um, I guess, I don't know if he meant uh, by general purpose, if he yeah, meant a combination. That's how I guess, read know. it, yeah. Um, they're just fantastic for just keeping in your machine and not having, because let's be real, like, a lot of us don't swap blades that often. You know, I especially didn't. Now, now my blades are a little closer. I'm more likely to do it. But I think everyone should have uh, a good general purpose blade because you're going to be using that 90% of the time. And if you need to do a quick rip, it's perfect. If you need to do a couple cross cuts, it's perfect. It might not leave you the cleanest finish, but it's uh, usually combination blades are pretty dang good. Um, go a little finer on a tooth. You don't want to get anything like super high count because uh, if you do start ripping or doing a lot of cuts... Uh, it heats up the blade, and that's when you get the burning a lot. Um, so, like a twenty-four tooth combo or thirty-tooth combo, I think is usually pretty good. But um, forty-four, right? forty, forty, oh, no. forty is a good. <laughs> combo I had to count to four. I was like three. No. Forty, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of my ripping blade. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, get a, and I don't want to say cheap, but like get like a Diablo or Ford or like thirty bucks or forty bucks on Amazon. Get a good ripping blade. Um, I have a. Thin curve, which actually um, the other person asked us this question about thin curve versus regular. I have a thin curve because it just minimizes the amount of wood uh, you you remove. Um, you know they're a little thinner, but you have to be careful with your if you have a riving knife. You got to make sure it's the right thickness because that can be a problem. Uh, so I use that for if I'm if I'm going to be ripping. Like when I was making the cutting boards, I basically had a uh, ripping blade in there for a week because I was just ripping boards constantly. Uh, then I swapped it back out. Now my the combination blade I have now I finally invested in a like a carbide solid metal blade and that thing is a monster like it finally feels like this saw is running the blade that it's supposed to have um, but it is actually a little thicker too it's got a it's got a pretty thick kerf on it so that's something I had to kind of get used to like the first time I put my table saw sled through it I started cutting the sled again like oh I'm not used to this so. <laughs> Uh, but they're a great investment. So I would say it's not one or the other. Is get both, um, and they're not too expensive. I I was running the Freud blades for for until now. I still run them. 
They're fine. And it can be resharpened, too. What about you, Dan? Well, let's be real. There are people out there that won't even walk four feet to grab a gripper. So, <laughs> you know they ain't changing Savages. blades every time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Pete basically stole my answer. Word for word. You son of a... Um, <laughs> yeah, get, get yourself a good combo blade. Or general purpose blade, whatever you want to call it. About a 40 tooth, maybe a... Fifty or sixty tooth? Do they make fifty tooth? I don't know. Forty or sixty tooth, somewhere in there. And get a good one, uh, Freud or or Diablo. If you can spend the cash, go go with a forest blade or something. Um, something carbide, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then you know maybe down the line, get yourself a nice ripping blade because they do come in handy when you're if you're doing like Pete said a lot of ripping. Uh, there was a project I was working on last summer where i had to do a ton of ripping of pine and i got a thin curve ripping blade like a 24 tooth ripping blade and that thing was money yeah obviously so, if you use it for cross cutting you're going to get a ton of tear out but it's yeah. great for ripping so correction of my combination blade mine's a 50 tooth um, those, that answers okay. two questions that, that's what that they do make a 50 tooth yeah <clears throat> yeah i was drawing it's a blank the, on that the Diablo one, they're, they're both, or the Freud, uh, Freud. One's a Diablo, one's a Freud. I always confuse same, them because they're both same brand. brand. They come off the it's same, the same brand, right? Same yeah. assembly line. Yeah, and they're like thirty bucks each on Amazon. Great investment. Nice, Mike. Mike. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's now a bit. Um, <laughs> I oh, is am. It, is it a bit? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am a, little bit. Uh, a bad boy. Um, I have oh. actually an 80 tooth on my miter saw for cross cutting, but I only run a 24 tooth ripping blade on my table saw, and that is not the way to do it. I do need to buy a combination saw or a combination or general purpose blade really bad. I've also thought about getting a fine cutting tooth because I really don't mind changing up my blades. It's not an issue. It takes no time with my saw. I'm sure it does with anyone's, but it doesn't bug me that much when I'm, when I'm, when I'm cross cutting, it's usually I can I mean I batch all my actions out, so I can changing out the blade right. takes like under a minute or whatever. So to me, it's not that big of a deal. But it would be nice to have a combo blade or like a fine cross cut blade in there for that stuff. So I definitely recommend doing two. I don't want to say exactly what Dan and Pete said, but I mean we're saying the same thing because that's ditto kind of the way to do it. I mean that's, our answers were kind of perfect. I actually so. I have a. Uh, an amendment I want to make to my answer. Yeah. Um, I do have an 80 tooth blade for my table saw that I, I'll put on when I'm doing uh, a lot. like walnut ply, something mm. with a very thin veneer. And I'm mm. going to, I know I'm going to be doing a lot of cross cutting. That makes sense. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do. I do. I'm kind of like up in the air in terms of like, I don't know if I want to do a general purpose or if I just want to get a pure cross cutting blade for my table saw. So, but I do need to do it because I am cross cutting with a ripping blade and the tarot isn't terrible, but it's, I'm also using a cross cut sled, which kind of helps, which fights a lot of the tarot cause it's got zero clearance on it. Um, but it's not the best situation and I, I need to fix that. So I need to either make the decision on a cross cut. Um, I don't have a thin kerf because I don't know if they make a riving knife for my saw that is thin kerf. 
Um, and that can get pretty dangerous. If you're running a thin kerf blade with a non-thin riving knife, you can start to get the wood to separate apart and you can get some yep. pinching. So, um, that's, that's <clears throat> dangerous. Um, and like Pete said, if you can get a thin kerf riving knife, definitely go that route because it's easier on your table saw motor because it's cutting less material and it gives you a, it's just a better cut. On my previous table saw, I had an old craftsman. I had a really, th- I had a thin kerf glue line Freud. It wasn't cheap, but man, did that thing make super nice cuts. It was really nice. And just running boards through it was, I mean, I think they're almost half as thin, right? They're, I think they're like a 16th, right? Is that, that, that might not be right, but, uh, typical saw blades are an eighth inch thick, right, but the thin, thin curve is three thirty seconds, three thirty seconds. Okay. So it's a 32nd so of an inch, a 32nd, but oh, it, it under it, does make a difference you can feel it i mean you can really feel it when you're running the blade when you're running the piece through the through the blade it really does make a difference so i actually haven't looked recently if they make a riving knife for mine i should look into that because i would like to go back to a thin curve but anyway our answers are basically the same you really should have a blade for the for the application you're using it makes the most sense so um but if you were if you were going to get one blade get a combo blade get a nice combo blade yep and then build from there and I cannot recommend enough a, just investing in like a nice carbide blade because uh, the you one that nice I have blade. in there now is oh my god it is and I got it for fifty bucks from at the woodworking shows from the Sawblade guys um, or Sawblades.com whatever their website is it is oh it cuts like a dream and here's the here's the actually ridiculous part when I got this two twenty three horsepower Powermatic it came with an eighty tooth blade installed and a uh, like a thin, non-carbide tipped Makita blade. That's like that was like thirty tooth. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't even know they still made blades without tips on them. Hmm. It, it was ridiculous, and I was like, "Did you did you run it?" He's like, "Yeah, I just use it for like for you to something thinner." I was like, "Like this? Why would you even run this blade <laughs> through here?" <laughs> I want a four tooth blade. <laughs> I mean, I have some so, of those. It comes in so just a, a dado blade. stack with yeah. all right. sides. <laughs> just a, a chipper two, blade, two, two teeth. <laughs> yeah, I just run a dado stack in there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Will this work for uh, ripping? <laughs> Such a clean line. Uh, um, right. Okay. Well. Um, I guess we could jump into the next one. That kind of answers that. That's a pretty straightforward one. And you, I don't have any experience with a combo blade, but. Uh, sounds like you guys do and people who have used them are always very happy with them. So it seems like a really good option yeah. from the, in the table saw. So. And, and one last quick thing to add, if you ever get to that point where you do have multiple ones, it's always, if you are doing a lot of work, um, it's good to have two blades because you can sharpen these. You can send one out for sharpening while one's installed and then vice versa. So you always have a blade if something happens or if you chip a tooth because you ran it through a screw or something yeah that's another good point about buying a good quality blade they come with more carbide on their teeth so they can be sharpened more if you buy like a cheap disposable quote-unquote disposable blade from like one of the big box stores you may be able to get one or two sharpenings out of them yep one or two and then up to 10 sharpenings on the big carbide ones yep i've never sent a blade out to be sharpened do how's that process it's pretty simple woodcraft here in omaha will do it for 25 bucks a blade Oh. Um, and there's probably companies local guys ship that'll out do it. to them. Yeah, there's always local guys. Um, I will find out from my good friend in the neighborhood here. He he sends them out all the time. So I'll put that in the show. I notes. need to find something local. Oh, you said that. Sending exactly. out is, shouldn't be. 
the sending out shouldn't be too bad. Uh, and I think some of these you just drop the mail, be- drop it in your mailbox. Yeah, and, and I know write two uh, sharpening that, guy on there. <laughs> uh, we'll put it in the it's show like, notes. It's like when you I put know, a, like, a, a letter to Santa North Pole. They know, <laughs> right? They know. Yeah. We don't North have to Pole. do any legwork. It's nice. Goes into the shredder at the post office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I just ruin Christmas? Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! What? Oh well, I got the show well, episode title now. show title set. Pete ruined Christmas. <laughs> Okay, let's jump into this next one before we get too much hate mail. Um, This one is from Eric with Seven Bridges. Eric, thanks for the question. (laughs) This is going to be a good one. Hey, guys. Eric with Seven Bridges here. Wondering if you know how to get the uh, scent of dog urine out of a piece of lumber. I'm uh, asking for a friend. (laughs) Asking for a friend. (laughs) Um, I don't know why, but I feel like, Dan, can you answer this one? (laughs) Oh... Takes a lot of cotton swabs, <laughs> um, and you gotta no. you gotta offset the dog urine with cat urine. No, guys, there's a solution here. If, oh. Especially, I don't if know. It's oak. You ever fume oak with ammonia? Just fume the rest of it with ammonia, and then it'll oh, give it a nice grayish color. Oh god! Oh, oh god! I, I don't know how to answer this. I feel like the only answer is is you gotta start over. Like, yeah, tr- treat it like I a would knot. say, Just burn it, it off but that's gonna smell out. bad. That's gonna <laughs> Give it as like a white elephant gift or something. Oh. <laughs> that's Somebody called spalting. They're like, oh, this is great. Oh, spalting. What is this? <laughs> Call it a feature and charge extra. That coffee table you made is really nice, but God, it smells terrible. <laughs> People leave when they come over to the house now. <laughs> These are really good impressions we're doing, Dan. <laughs> So I think we've answered that one. It's uh, uh, get rid of it. Great question. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is a way. Who knows? OxyClean or whatever. <laughs> Probably ruin the wood. Um, <laughs> yeah, Eric, thanks for that question, buddy. Hopefully we helped you out a lot there on that answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, this next one is uh, from Patrick from New Jersey. That's all the information we were given. I don't know if anyone knows what account his is. Unless that's his Oh, yeah, account. I got it. Patrick from Patrick New Jersey Snoke. Woodworking. Oh, Patrick Snoke. Oh, I talked to that guy on, yeah. on the old DMs. Thanks, Patrick. Yep, yep. Well, here's Patrick's question. Hey, guys. Patrick from New Jersey. Long time, first time. Uh, I have a two-part question. One is, where do you guys sell your uh, woodworking uh, furniture and crafts that you create, whether online or uh, elsewhere? And second question is, when are you guys going to start selling shirts uh, they say I blew out my f-hole. Thanks a lot. Hope to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's tackle the first part of his question first. Yeah. We we'll go into the second. Se- we'll we'll, we'll yeah. round we'll go round round the table on the first part, and then we'll go circle back together on the uh, second <laughs> second part. Uh, Pete, where do you sell your uh, doodads? And I'm glad you asked. Mike. What's it? Um, I use a very high power network of. Friends and family. Uh, that's where <laughs> most of my sales have gone. Uh, you know, I, I, I never got into the whole woodworking thing for like, obviously, like making tons of money. I mean, I'd like to make tons of money, but it's always been just fun. So as I'm cranking stuff out, a lot of times I just post it online and someone hits me up that I know um, near, you know, from nearby. Um, aside from that, Etsy. But word of mouth, and Mike knows this especially, and obviously Dan, because that's most of your business is word of mouth. 
But uh, when you get into the right neighborhood or group of people or click of friends, you can make some good money. Uh, I got fortunate ones to like basically posted a cutting board and then like sold it to a friend. Then that friend showed it to the mom that wanted one. And then a bunch of their coworkers wanted one. So like with one good sale and good customer service experience, you can rack up a lot, uh, a lot of sales. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah. You get that nice snowball effect. You find uh, that right person and that, that, that works with just about any business really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't even have a website. Shocker, I know, right? I don't sell on Etsy. It's all word of mouth, like Pete said. Um, people contact me. They tell me what they want. We uh, collaborate together on the design, go back and forth, and then uh, I sell that way. So it's all custom do you, order. Do you advertise anywhere? No. No? I, have a, I already have a pretty big client base from my photography business, which is nice. Um, so that kind of rolled, rolled into that because, you know, I'm shooting weddings. Those people, they grow families, they get bigger mm-hmm. houses and they're like, Oh, <clears throat> he does furniture too. So they hit me up, which is nice. It's great. That is nice. That's smart. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't advertise anywhere. I don't sell anywhere other than, you know, word of mouth and I guess through Instagram, I guess, or Facebook. I have a Facebook page that that goes along with my Instagram page, but it doesn't have nearly the traffic that I get on Instagram. Facebook does nothing for me. Like all of it is through IG. Yeah, what about, what about like? Um, like Pete was saying and Dan was saying, I mean, it's really word of mouth is like the best thing. I mean, getting your local sales are so nice. <clears throat> if you're sm- selling like really small items, like the things I've sold outside of my area or my smaller items, cutting boards and, bottle openers those sold like crazy over the holiday season it was crazy it was so busy and that was a lot of i've had to this date zero sales from an etsy exchange um it hasn't done anything for me and that's not i don't advise not going to etsy because etsy's a really good place to get sales they get the traffic uh that your your own personal website just won't get um you're going to be you have a much better opportunity to put your product in front of people with an Etsy account than with your own website. Um, you know, people are, I was, and other people get turned off by the fact that they take a pretty, you know, it's a significant cut they take, I would say, but they, that money they're taking pays for a lot of the offerings they have Mm -hmm. to facilitate your sale. So they do offer a lot from that money. It's not like they're just taking money and not helping you with anything. They offer a lot on that page, but for me, it just hasn't worked. Yeah. And, and, you know, I asked you about advertising. We we technically advertise. What we do on on our Instagrams and Facebook, just the posting, that is technically our advertising. We're advertising ourselves. Somebody might send that to someone or whatever. You know, so don't discount like you as the sale point. Like don't oh, yeah. discount yourself as a sale point. Like you could be all you need. I mean, yeah, we could all get more business if we threw out an ad out there or a sponsored post or something or had paid for AdSense or had websites or whatever. But you know, Etsy does, yeah, it does a decent amount for you. I, I've I looked at my metrics. I have stuff that's appeared on the front page or, or whatever, or at least in top searches or something like that. So they, they do help out and it comes with some benefits. Uh, but I mean, just word of mouth is one of the best ways to get business out there. So the more vocal you are, the better. If you're just posting stuff on Etsy, you're not going to sell it. I know that because that's how I started on, on Etsy. I, was, I wasn't, I didn't have a woodworking Instagram. I just threw stuff up there. 
it just sat. And it was cheap. It was like cutting boards for like 50 bucks that should. And I'm selling now for like over 100. <laughs> you know, because I was just like, oh, I'm not trying to like make crazy money. I just want to get my money back. This was fun. When I was young and naive. <laughs> yeah, what I about- mean. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, you. Okay. You guys are adorable. I have. Um, <laughs> no, you hang up. Um, I, I mean, I started. More. I started my shop on my website because I was getting so. Like I said, everything I've had has been word of mouth. I haven't had anything from Etsy. So I did start a shop on my website. And I think I'm not like some special exception, but I am an exception. You really should try to go through these websites that have good offerings. Um, Mm. But it it has worked out for me. I've had – since I've started my shop, I've had a good amount of sales on there actually. Um, And it is nice to be able to – when someone asks through a word of mouth exchange, hey, where can I buy this or pay for this? You can send them right to your website. It – it it adds a little level of professionality, but so does Etsy. I mean, having an Etsy shop on there still, it's just somewhere where they're not, you're, you're not like, you know, slide your card through this thing hooked up to my phone. It feels a little less behind, you know, like you're doing a Craigslist deal behind yep. a Kmart or something like that. It feels a little bit more professional. So, um, uh, there's there just, there's something about going through like a, a popular or known a website. third party vendor who's offering the yeah. point of sale. It, it does offer something, but because we've all been at a website where like you wanted to get something and then you got to the checkout and it's like, you don't see yeah. the little green lock. There's no like right. visa certified thing there. It's just, yeah. ah, you know what? I don't really need this thing. It gets a little so, iffy. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, that's, that. those are the best ways to, to sell it through, through online marketplaces and whatnot. But what's up, Dan? What, what about craft fairs? I did one last fall and I did pretty good. Obviously, you know, things are a little different, a little sketchy. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this earlier, if we talked about it the, on the on our first <laughs> on take. The, take one. <laughs> take one. But yeah. uh, craft fairs are awesome. Last last fall when I did one, I did really well. And I, I'm thinking about doing it again. And I, I want to I want to do one. I was supposed to do one uh, a couple weekends ago. May 2nd, I was supposed to do one, and obviously that was canceled for obvious reasons. But I use Square for all my point-of-sale stuff, and I have the Square card li- or ca- card reader for my phone and my iPad. So that works great. But I, I think craft fairs are a great way to go, especially if you're making like decor-type items. Like the, you probably sold, what, a bajillion mosaics when you did your craft fair? I, it was just a little under a bajillion. Okay. Yeah. Just but, shy. <laughs> but it was mostly mosaics, right? I mean, they were mosaics and stuff. cutting boards. You did, yeah, and cutting yeah. boards. You didn't take like a bed there. I no, mean, you no, no, take no. smaller stuff that moves like impulse buy items. Yeah. Yep. So that's, you know, I really want to do craft fairs to just maybe spend three weeks batching out a ton of stuff, knock it out, and then just go make a big chunk of sales. So, And a good way to do it, if you, if you have any other makers in your area, like I was going to pair up and basically split a table with other makers that I know from around here. Um, so, cause they, they do the circuit, like, um, uh, Amy and Lou over at, um, God, I'm blanking on her name right now. I'll throw it in the show notes, but they, they do craft fairs nonstop and they kill it on Etsy. The, and it's all impulse items, like quick stuff, little planters, you know, uh, cutting boards. She does a lot of, uh, wood burning and it's all stuff that you just, Without thinking, you would just throw money on, and they kill at these at these fairs. So I was like, "Oh, can I piggyback?" They're like, "Yeah, join us. Bring some boards." You know, like it's it's a good way to like get started with it, especially if you're brand new to it, which I was like scared to try because <laughs> I don't know where to, what to expect. 
would it be an, i mean do you find, i mean for me my only reservation with pairing up with someone is, is you don't want to have competing products like if yeah, you're both so bringing we, cutting we, boards to the table it's kind of like we did it they don't really like do cutting boards they do a lot okay. of turn stuff and, okay. and, and a lot of handmade items whereas i was doing like at the time you know cutting boards and pretty much finished things like that it's right. a lot of openers yeah the one i did last fall i was with that other guy i used to work with uh-huh yeah and we did fine <laughs> that's cool yeah that is that is something i'd love to do i'd love to do a a uh, craft fair for sure let's just take a pile of stuff down there and and then if you don't sell everything, I mean, you still have an inventory. You can just keep them at your shop yeah. and sell them as they sell. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's a great route. Um, I think that kind of – oh, we want to get into the second the second part of the question. Oh, the second which, part. Uh, which is, you should, know, are we ever going to Should I tell them about the thing? Yeah, tell them about the thing, yeah, Pete. Tell, about, tell the thing. about the thing. All right, I'm going to very vaguely tell you guys about the thing. So, um, yes, there is merch coming. And, uh, Mike, I think you got something in the mail this week. Yeah, we got stickers. Uh, Sticker yeah, Beat was – Gracious enough to hook us up with some with a nice pile of stickers. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out how we're going to disperse those. I took a bunch of people's addresses, you know, because we, we haven't decided how we're going to disperse those out to people. We don't know if we're going to put them behind a Patreon wall or if we're just going to get those out. We don't know what we're going to do. We, we got to decide some things. So, But we do know that you guys aren't going to let me handle the stickers because <laughs> no, that was, it was actually requested by several people that Dan does not handle by the stickers. Sticker beat. <laughs> sticker beat set, do not send it to Dan. Yeah, no. So we're just trying to figure out some things. We've had more chatter and questions about a Patreon setup. And man, that is the fact that people would even ask that. We're all kind of like, whoa, holy smokes. Um, Could you at least send me one sticker? I just want one sticker. What was that? Can I, can I get one sticker? That's you all. Oh, you, yeah, That's you guys look at stickers. You guys, are, you guys um, know people. I just want one. We are going to have some apparel. There are some designs. Obviously, there was a request for the uh, <laughs> blow it out your F hole listening to the Another Woodshop podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, that we, is brilliant. We might have to oblige that request. Yeah, and, that's going to happen uh, for maybe sure. Maybe do some other stuff. We. We do want to give back to you guys, uh, obviously, because, you know, you, you're keeping us uh, very well stocked in questions and you're yeah. doing this for you. We're really enjoying it. And the fact that you, you, you people have brought up Patreon is actually pretty crazy. But we want to know what you guys would want as potential kind of like tiers. Like, how can we give back to you even more uh, if we were to do something like a Patreon in the future? Uh, so please write in or call or message us video podcasting in our underwear yep i mean well here's here's another thing i mean we love doing it like the three of us we all like look forward to it i know i'm not talking mm-hmm. out of term but i i know if we just had this conversation before we started yep. the podcast was we all look forward to it you know there's always the concern with adding a new thing to our already tight schedules of burnout but i know for <laughs> all three of us we're we love making this happen so it's fun but the other side of that same coin is there are associated costs with doing this. Like it's not free to um, distribute the podcast. We pay that out of pocket, just not mm-hmm. a ton of money by any means. We're looking at ways to offset that now. We're we'll probably have an announcement in the next week or so about that. Um, but maybe also some potential collaborations. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Collaborations we'll, and uh, stuff. T- TBD. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss that soon. Um, but. You know, Patreon would be a really great thing for the podcast um, in terms of being able to monetize the podcast. You know, I don't want to get too deep into those kind of topics, but. But we just basically use that money to help give back 
Right. It's yeah. We're not like trying to line yeah. our pockets. We're talking about like adding, having merch available, getting better equipment for the podcast for recording, maybe soft stuff like that, just for keeping the maybe podcast a rolling. Drum sander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like you said, there's associated costs, and you know we want to make the the, the worth it for you know for everyone. We want to make sure we like doing this. Like I was telling you guys earlier on take one of the <laughs> podcast, they're like it's so great. Like we're on episode ten, uh, technically the twelfth one we've recorded now, and there's never once been like a oh, I don't really feel like doing this week, no. or there's like scheduling issues or whatever. It just we do it, yep. and there's never a thought about it, and it's. This is a part of our life now. We really enjoy it. Yeah, we so all want to keep it going. We're all investing and like four to four to five hours a week into this thing. Yeah, and uh, we love. So doing far, it. the only sponsor we've had is like you know Grandma when she sends the check <laughs> and she and we cash it. It's only five dollars, but it's nice. You know? <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Grandma. grandma. <laughs> so yeah, that's something we'd like. If you, you know, we're we're gonna have a couple different tiers. Um, Nothing that we are currently offering will not be available when we go to Patreon. This show will not change. Like, we will have the yeah. show available. Anything yeah. for Patreon. We're just going to add more. Right. Anything for the Patreon will be on top of what we're doing now. So, um, the show will not go away at all. It will not be behind a paywall. It will always be this show as it sits will always be free. So, if we have a Patreon, we might ha- offer like a live – The we actually record the podcast – that we do on Skype, we might offer that video, make that available. Um, I don't know if that's a great idea, but that's something we might do. <laughs> There's or some editing might we be do. Be able to set week. up some kind of stream where people can watch live yep. while we're recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you guys want to do like a kind of Google Hangouts or Skype Hangout or Zoom Hangout at some point, kind of like a happy hour, we could do something like Ooh. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk more in the Patreon about really specific like monetization things um working with brands we have multiple topics right now for the patreon stuff that we'll go into and those will be available but um we'd like to hear what you would like to hear or have available or (laughs) what would make it something you'd want to help support so just let us know you can it'd be really nice if you emailed the podcast those things at another woodshop podcast at gmail.com or dm'd the instagram account um, you're welcome to DM all of us individually, but individually. if if it stays on the inst- on the actual podcasts, uh, DM or email that make it that makes it a little easier and cleaner for us. But if you're going to send it to us, that's fine. If you're just more comfortable sending a message to us directly, that's not a problem at all. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts, Dan. Yeah, do you have something, Dan? Yep. What? I agree. Oh, you agree? Oh, Perfect. Yes. Cool. Uh, can I, I was going to say, if you, if, of you course DM, I also agree. if you DM us individually, <laughs> there's a chance that it could get lost because right. I, I know about these guys, mm-hmm. but I don't know about these guys, but I get like 80 messages a day and I'm not oh. even like joking. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. And Same. yeah, well, it's a lot. I'm not, it's a weird flex, but you know, and I, this I is a little bit off, off topic, but um, we did do a sweep through our uh our podcast Instagram, and we found some questions we may have missed. They are on a list. If we you didn't, have not may, heard we didn't your may question, have missed them. We definitely missed them. <laughs> 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 so they are on a list. We are getting to them. We're actually getting a nice stockpile of questions. So, um, you know, that question that you asked about the project you're working on this weekend, we'll probably answer it by June. So. Right. <laughs> it is one of those things where we are getting a lot just, of questions. Just wait and we'll get to it. Yeah. Get to it. Just, and, leave, it on a, just leave it in a corner. Don't it, finish it. <laughs> um. Pst, Send them to the Instagram account for sure, but you know it really is a much cleaner spot 
if you send it to the e- email account. Yeah. Um, it's just it can't get missed there because there's not quite as much activity there. There's a lot of story shares that we do from the another woodshop podcast Instagram account. So they kind of get lost in there. I mean, the pod, the podcast gets mentioned quite a bit every day, um, which is amazing. You know, thank so, you so much for that. So crazy. Um, we hit 2000 downloads. That was crazy. In a month. It was nuts. I mean, we, <sighs> well, I don't want to sit here and, t- but yeah, we hit yeah. number like, what do we hit? 18 or something 18. in the podcast or in the hobbies, in hobbies. podcast. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. So we're really proud of this and we really want um, to keep the ball rolling. And I know all yeah. three of us are, are – Oh, the ball will keep okay. rolling. Yeah. We'd like to grow the ball. Sorry. Yeah. Something went well, off on my phone. We, yeah. <laughs> we, want, we, want the, uh, we, want the, we want to keep the momentum going. We don't want to slow down. We want to keep going. We want to grow this thing. We really, really enjoy doing it. So, Speaking um, of keeping going, should we do the next question? Yeah. Well, we have more questions? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. We have another wow. voicemail, right? Don't Tangent. Nope. Just the three. Oh, just oh the wait! Three? Did I get the three? Yeah, that was three. We got the no. three. We got the three voicemails. We are at an hour. I mean, we could wrap yeah, this up. Let's go a little bit longer. Let's grab another question if we can. All right. All right. Let's ask we the listeners. Do you guys this. want us to wrap uh, up early? Oh, Dan is. Uh, no. Wait. Right. Did you guys just freeze on me? Nope. Wait. Nope. Oh, I'm fine. Nope. I'm fine. I'm Michael. Oh, Michael. Well. Mike, check. We're we're good now. Oh, we're good. <laughs> we'll cut that out. What a good podcast. <laughs> what a good podcast. Um. You guys want, want to grab money. a question or do we, want, do we want to wrap it up? Let's do one more question. I think so too. Yeah. Should we just grab this top one from Dean? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll read it real quick. From yeah, Dean Duplace point. Furniture. Um, how do you guys support yourself by doing woodworking professionally and what are your sources of income? Ooh. Ooh. Yikes. Ooh. We're going to go to Dan because actually Dan's the only one that does this, I would say, professionally. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I, answer I make it. money on my woodworking. That's all I got. No. Um, <clears throat> I've been uh, very helpful. We've, I've been over this, I feel like a hundred times already, but yeah, we have, uh, I'm fully self-employed. Uh, I make currently, I make most of my money on woodworking. Um, my other company that I run is a photography company and that has taken quite the hit because of the whole social distancing thing. Um, I actually was supposed to shoot a wedding yesterday that got canceled or rescheduled. So, um, currently all my income personally is, uh, from my woodworking, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you, Pete? Uh, for me, uh, again, I always stress this. I, this is to me, you know, a hobby. I'm not in this just to like, make a ton of money. So I'm not so focused on sales. I do want to enjoy myself in here because I was at one point, I did start going really hard in here and between my job and Instagram and just all my other hobbies and then trying to basically make money in here like all the time, I burned out. Burned out so bad, I basically did not step in my shop except for maybe once a week. Uh, and it was just because I didn't want to work. I was just done with it. So I I like to diversify. Obviously, I do still, uh, I make, cutting boards little projects i do custom jobs uh here or there but i don't take on any super large or long-term projects um i like to diversify in multiple things so i do have my 3d printing i do i I sell quite a bit of 3d printed stuff uh through my etsy and then through just same thing word of mouth or instagram um you know i do occasionally well not so much now little fix something around somebody's house or repair this or build them a little thing for that. Um, 
obviously now I have the CNC. I do want to eventually, or I am now finishing up some editing on some YouTube. So I want to get some money or income coming in that way. And the thing is, even if it's like $5 here, $10 there, it all starts kind of adding, adding up to supplement what I'm doing. Like my, us telling the guys before the show, my 3D printing paid for my CNC this year. You know, like that's great. That's awesome. and that's supplemental that's awesome. income. If I was just doing CNC or just doing one type of woodworking and I wasn't making enough money right now, I might be in a hole. So uh, I think it is very important to diversify your, um, you know, your, your income or revenue streams, as they call it, if, you, if you're a fancy uh, business person. Uh, <laughs> but how about you, Mike? Well, I make enough money to pay for my <clears throat> to pay for my tools. I mean, I invest everything directly. Any sing, any single profit I get goes directly into my shop. Um, it's just um, it's for me. It's not something I do full time by any means. I mean, I want, I'd love to do this full time. That's my dream is to do this full time, but mm-hmm. I don't. And I have a job that I need to be responsible for, and I have a good job, and I'm very lucky to have it. So, um, for me, I have, I'm very actively trying to find multiple revenue streams for this. I mean, working with brands, getting YouTube going, selling to clients is going to be the number one source for sure. Um, I'm learning how to do digital design so I can design products to help me present my designs to customers or clients, potential clients to lock deals. But also I want to learn how to make plans. I get, I get asked for build plans all the time. Um, you know, and that's not like a flex or anything. That's just like, oh, some people don't have the kind of time other people do to design something. They want to grab a plan and just make it. Um, yep. and I get it. Like if, if you have like a super busy, uh, job or family life, or if woodworking is like a real, just something you spend a few hours on, on the weekend and don't have a lot of time for it, that's great. And you just want to grab plans and make stuff. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people like plans. So- yeah. Digital content is, you know, it's, it's just another way to, yeah. to bring in some kind of income. Right. I think that's very important. So th- those are just, you know, those are ways that I supplement my income for this hobby that I'm trying to turn into a business. So um, Dan does it professionally. Dan focuses on this and woodworking. I do – I'm trying to have – Dan and I went to WorkbenchCon and they – the main focus besides the networking aspect of it was – how to diversify your revenue streams and having as many revenue streams from one project as you can get. They talked about, you know, obviously you're making a table for a client, you're selling the table for whatever that amount is, but you're also making a set of plans. You're making a blog post, you're taking some stock photos, you're making a YouTube video. So you have just from that one project, instead of selling it to a client, you have these five or six other options where you can just make money off this one thing you made. You have to spend a few extra hours um, getting a hold of that money. But in theory, you spend the extra three, four hours, you have an intellectual property that lives forever on the internet that you can, you know, in theory, get uh, perpetual money coming from as time goes on. It can always exist. You know, when evergreen. you put a post on Instagram, yeah, evergreen, exactly. We talk about it on here evergreen, all the time. Yep. What, you know, we, Instagram is really fun and a great community and a place to work with brands. Um, but everything's dead after a couple weeks. <clears throat> yep. Um, you know, you want to be able to make your product or your brand available online or in not necessarily even online, but offline as well through word of mouth, as long as you possibly can, you want to milk every single thing you do 
for every penny it's worth if that's what you're trying to do as a to run a business with this stuff. So you need and to make- even if it's a couple of dollars, a, you know, yep, uh, every counts. month. Think of it this way, you know, sometimes people look at like website hosting. And and I've I've done this. I've been in this exact boat where like I see it and it's like, oh, 20 bucks a month? Like that's all right. Or like you look at the year and it's like two hundred dollars for the year to host my website. It seems like a lot. And you know, because I'm not doing it like so professionally where I like am running my business through it. So it's like it doesn't feel like I can justify it. But if my other revenue streams are just bringing in forty bucks, fifty bucks a month just without me even like inputting into it, it's paying for itself. Yeah. You know, that's that's the whole thing of it. So why not do that? It, it makes it so much easier. It might seem like not a lot. Like I saw a lot of very cheap items that are twenty five or less dollars or thirty five or less dollars. It's all the three D printed stuff. You know, but that stuff adds up. Like like adds up to to cover a CNC. You know, there was a lot of sales. I've done a lot of shipping this year. I paid a lot in shipping this year, but it still offsets the cost of everything else I did. So multiple revenue streams are definitely very important in this case. You know, whether it's you do craft shows and Etsy and selling privately through the website and uh, word of mouth, you know, those are technically all different revenue streams from your woodworking. So Mm -hmm. so that's it. I think we we beat the horse. Yeah, we beat that one to death. Um, (laughs) So that answers that. There's another part of this question, but we won't get into that because we're going to call this one done for the week. So, um, Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for all the downloads and all the comments and all the likes. You know, um, give us the five star review over on Apple Podcasts. That helps us a lot more than you realize. I actually didn't really understand how that helped, but I've done some research over the last week. Um, reviews, yeah, reviews actually helps Apple or high, um, a high amount of five star reviews is what Apple uses to decide to put podcasts in front of people. So, um, you know, those five-star reviews really help. Um, So it takes just a minute or so. If you have a Apple podcast, log in, go, go give us that five stars. And we'd really appreciate it. You can do it right in the app. Yep. It's easy. Yep. We really, really do appreciate it. Or on any other platforms as well. Yeah. If you're not using Apple, then do it on whatever platform you're on. But uh, five-star reviews really help a lot. And then don't forget to send us your questions and comments and topic ideas. We love them. They're great. I mean, we can come up with stuff, but really we have a ton now. I mean, we, you guys are awesome. You guys are sending us so much stuff. It's really great. And we don't, you know, don't think we're, uh, we don't want them because we absolutely want them hundred percent. So send them in, email them to another woodshop podcast at gmail.com or call in to seven, five, four, call AWP. That's our Google voice line. You can leave a, leave us a voicemail there. Or if you want to record a voicemail on your, on your device and email it to us at the another woodshop podcast at gmail.com email. That would be awesome. You can really hear the difference in the sound quality between those two voicemails yep. when we get them. So, um, send them in that way. Is there anything else you guys wanted to, am I missing anything? And if you call in, you're pretty much guaranteed to have your voicemail played. Yeah. Unless it's, unless it's just awful audio, but right. usually yeah. we'll play all That's the voicemails true. ahead of all the other, yeah. uh, questions written in stuff gets put right behind the the, the call-in stuff uh yeah. the voice is a little bit more uh engaging on the podcast instead of hearing but us we still try to get stuff. to all of them yeah yeah for sure yeah. no we we get into them we actually probably should do an all questions episode next week because we have so many questions so uh we'll figure that out for next week's episode but anyway that's it for us thank you so much for listening 
for uh, another Woodshop podcast. We hope you have a great week. And this is Stephen Merbles. What's that guy's name on Community? Dan, the, the NPR guy? Oh, I don't know. Uh, this uh, is Stephen I just Merbles. started watching Community. Oh, so you I did? Don't, I don't oh, man, you got to get to that. Anyway, thanks great for listening show. to us, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And Love uh, you long time. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Love you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.